0: This is the Jamal Show. Down in. Jamal C. Jamal. Jamal Jamal, C. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show.
1: This is the Jamal Show. Jamal Friends, I'm very glad to see you here today Jamal. with me in the land of living once again. We always look forward to you joining us here on WKND Live, because we know that tomorrow is not guaranteed to us, nor should we expect it. But boy, can we rejoice when we do get to be with each other once again. I try not to take anything for granted. I really do. But I do complain, because for me, just like for all of you, life has a lot of ups and downs. The worst parts of life are the unexpected negative events that affect the relationships between you and the people that you love. I had something like that happen to me recently, uh, and it can take a lot out of you when you deal with tragic personal situations that you don't expect. It can be stressful. So I almost took a sick day today. I almost didn't show up for my congressional hearing today, I lost Steve Bannon. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't do it. Because I realized that I need to be here Ever have a stressful week in your personal life And you actually look forward to getting to work Just to have some normalcy Ever have a time when your career gave you solace From from family and friends Well that's the same story here I needed to be here today I need you because I'm a talker And all talkers need people who don't mind listening Without people listening, there's no need for professional talkers like myself. So, again, I need you. Necessity is the word I'm going to come back to a few times today. And you guys are important to me, so I'm uh, referring to you. So, let's say if I had to take a vaccine to keep talking to you, I'd probably take it. Or if the governor of Connecticut made a law that I have to be vaccinated in order to step into this radio station right here, I would get vaccinated. I would get vaccinated as long as I knew it wouldn't kill me. And let me tell you, with over 6 billion vaccines out in people's arms already in the world, I would feel comfortable making that decision. But I do it. I do it because I need to be here to talk to you. I need this radio station. In order to do that, I need this radio station here. I need to be able to enter it. If you ask me, is the Jamal show needed more by its host or its listeners, I'd be stuck for an answer. It's the truth. I'd be stuck because the Jamal show is a necessity for me. Perhaps you just want it really badly. And that's okay. But for me, it's a necessity. Now, using the same logic, I would make the argument that Kyrie Irving doesn't need basketball. You know, or so is. he,
2: de- or so he's demonstrating right, right. now. I mean, I mean he, he, or he maybe he wants to take a year off. Who knows? But
1: you know, I make that argument that he doesn't need basketball. I I'd say that because Mr. Irving has decided to go unvaccinated, even though he's a star player on N, the NBA franchise in New York City, the, uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, but he's not going to get paid. Now you may have heard of the situation as Dr. Mack obviously has. It follows that because he is a star player in New York City, and New York City has passed these very strict regulatory requirements <laughs> reg- well, regarding vaccinations, that means Mr. Irving is not able to play in any home games for the Brooklyn Nets. Any. As a result of him not taking the vaccine, he will miss most of the games this season. And he will miss the money, as uh, Dr. Max. So, uh delightful. Well, so it's plastic- an, that's a nice way to yeah. justify not playing. But he doesn't seem that very concerned about the money for some reason. And you know what? I'm not going to criticize him for not taking the vaccine because Kyrie Irving is a multimillionaire. Kyrie Irving already lives in a bubble. If one of Kyrie's housekeepers gets COVID-19 from Kyrie Irving, he can cover the treatment for monoclonal antibodies. He can be like, yo, take this chick to the hospital, <laughs> give her what she You know what I'm saying? The man is self-insured. He can quarantine inside of his mansion for long periods of time. He doesn't have to work. He's what we call a special case. That's what he is. I get it. Do what you want to, son. That's what I'm saying. But his choice not to play rather than get the vaccines does make me wonder. It does make me wonder. It makes me ask the question, who needs this game of basketball more? Kyrie of his fans. Because it doesn't really seem like he gives a damn whether he's playing or not. He's like, hey, I play, I don't play, whatever. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't seem to care much. Kyrie Irving doesn't feel the need to get into the radio station on Saturday morning like I do. You know what that reminds me of? You might be old enough to remember the old Major League Baseball strike. Remember the old uh, baseball strike? Yeah. Is anybody listening old enough to remember when the baseball strike happened in 1994? Yeah. Jeez, that was like 25 years ago. Yeah. When I was obviously just a toddler. Yeah. Uh. Dr. Mack was already on Social Security at the time. Um, Let me be transparent in admitting that I am not a baseball fan, but I respect baseball fans. I respect anybody who has a serious love for anything. I really do. But when the Major League Baseball teams went on strike in 1994, it seemed a little self-defeating for me. Because I was like, aren't you guys making $10 million from this whole charade? You're the guys making the money from it. Why would you put a stop to anything when you have such a good thing going? Baseball is a created market. People don't need it. They want it. Why would uh, baseball players jeopardize the demand for baseball by striking? All they're really doing is saying, hey, fans, now you won't be able to spend $110 on baseball tickets and six bucks on a hot dog. Start crying when you begin to miss us, okay? My point is this. Sports is a created market. The market is one that the fans think they need, but it's not a real necessity. If baseball teams stop playing for a few years, the fans will get used to it at some point, right? Then there's more than $10 million. There's, there's no more $10 million baseball players once that happens. In other words, the market for baseball is thinner once that happens, and there's no, million, there's no more $10 million a year for any of the players. So why would they jeopardize that? Same thing with Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie Irving stopped playing for one year because just because of a stupid vaccine, what if the fans stop missing him? What if they move on to the next hot star? He doesn't seem too yeah, worried it, about it. He doesn't seem he did not seem worried. I didn't see him sweating.
2: No, but it's gonna be more than one year. This 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 virus is gonna be around. We 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 have to learn to live with this virus. So it's gonna hang around.
1: This man's jersey is expensive. I'm clearly not a real basketball fan, but I would have a hard time spending hundreds of dollars on a Kyrie Irving jersey. I'd have a hard time doing that knowing that Kyrie would rather sit out a whole season. in so in one of the last years of his whole career, rather than take the same vaccine that I have in my vans.
2: Oh, it's an attribute I do not want my son to learn.
1: Is that really showing love for the sport? I don't understand that. He says he's standing up. Like people who's lost their jobs over the vaccine.
2: No,
1: that's what he said. Very weak. But he doesn't stand up for his own team, though. They may not go very far this season. I've seen him play before, and he's a fantastic player. They may not go very far this season because he doesn't get a vaccine. I wonder if it would have been different if he were a rookie, right? Different animal. I guess Kyrie Irving just doesn't need basketball anymore. He can sit out a season and laugh it off, even though he had to take vaccines when he played college ball. He didn't stop playing over vaccines when he was broke, did he? He didn't leave elementary school over vaccines. So I mean, what?
2: Is, so what is he trying to say now, then?
1: Well, he's just saying, I'll stay out the whole season. No problem.
2: Okay. You know, I won't right. play.
1: He's, but it's, New York City's his home team.
2: You, I understand. His home team. Okay. And he's like,
1: oh, I won't get paid or whatever.
2: Okay. Well, he's got enough in the bank.
1: Well, see, he doesn't need basketball anymore. If it was his first season. He'd be hungry. He'd be like, "Yo, give me that vaccine so I can go in this court and feed my family, man. Shut up, <laughs> shut up. Where's the vaccine at? It's time to feed my family, yo. But the family's fed now. Apparently, apparently. he's been in, he might have been in season a couple times. He might have got MVP a couple times. So today we're talking about necessity. They say it is the mother of invention, and I love that because it's the story of my life. Inventing ways around all types of obstacles in order to move forward. Invention is the mother of necessity." That's the motto of most single mothers that I've met. They always have to find a way to put food on the table, regardless of the circumstances. They have to invent a way. But moving on, enough about Kyrie Irving, enough about single mothers, for today at least. I really want to send a shout-out to who? My main man, Bill Clinton.
2: God bless him.
1: Now, you know you're getting old when the first president that you ever voted for starts having more health issues. You probably heard that President Clinton... Was in a California hospital this uh, past week for a urinary tract infection.
2: Oh, stop! How would you get a urinary tract infection?
1: Well, you know, I try to stay out of the man's business. All right, all right. But all uh, right. he was in California for a charity event for his organization, and boy, it must suck, Dr. Mack, to be famous and have everybody talking about how your manhood is infected. <laughs> Especially Bill Clinton, he has a reputation to protect. But this is the first. This isn't the first time that Bill Clinton has been off the pastor. He's had a quadruple bypass surgery like 20 years ago, and he's been looking great since then. Being rich never hurts one's appearance. You know what I'm saying? And this new illness isn't serious. Even though to me, as a man, it doesn't sound like fun at all. A urine tract infection, I'll pass on that. I'll let let Dr. Matt take on that one. Keep keep in mind we are on camera. Uh. (laughs) Apparently, it... Happens frequently to older men in here. You ever heard of a urinary check, UTI? Yeah,
2: UTI. So
1: apparently it happens to older men. Um, yeah.
2: I'm not there yet. Yeah. Uh,
1: and here's something funny every time they mention his affection, they mention that it's non COVID related. Right. Right. It's like they're making certain sure we know the president doesn't have cooties. Right? Yeah. Because you have to say, oh, well, he doesn't have COVID, so you can say hi to him now.
2: But 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 Biden called him and he said he was fine. Yeah, that's right. Things that's right. like that. Right. I
1: forget that Biden knows everybody. Right. And also was like in, Biden
2: was here in Hartford. Yeah. And uh, to uh, another buddy, Dole. That's right. right? No um, um, Chris um, Dole.
1: Chris Dodd.
2: Dodd. Dodd. pardon Chris me,
1: Dodd. Yeah. Dole. Dodd. We're going to get to that, but I forget sometimes that Biden knows everybody. In the Senate, like, at least. Right, because he's been in Senate since like quarter, 30, right?
2: 37
1: years. Yeah, so, so him, and, him and Bill probably had a talk, you know. Oh, and you know what? I actually heard that Bill's doing all right. I have an update here. Let's hear, let's see what Bill's doing right now. Here's a clip.
2: Oh, we, officials also say we're hearing from his doctors that he's actually charming staff officials here at the hospital, so certainly appears to be doing better at
1: Okay, so I don't know if y'all heard that. I'm going to play it again. But apparently he's doing all right. we're hearing from his doctors that he's actually charming staff officials here at the hospital, so certainly appears to be doing better. See, I had to play that again because I I wasn't sure I heard it correctly. You heard that, Dr. Matt. They say he's charming. Charming, yeah. Bill's back to his old games again. All right. Our president is up to his old tricks again. Charming the staff. let,
2: Let us not forget he's in bed.
1: Excuse me, is there a bar in this hospital? <laughs> Tell Hillary I'm very, very sick. No visitors. No. no Hillary, visitors. Hillary, Hillary showed up. Hillary showed up in some black show you know. up, they better watch our man. Bill, Bill
2: is in bed.
1: Yeah, he's he's got a bed there. Patch heart or no heart? He's asking about bars in the facility. You know what I'm saying? He's telling. He's saying uh, he really just needed a vacation, actually, but uh, he may come out of the hospital with a special kind of healing. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody should know that I love the Clintons. Enough of that. Uh, I love the Clintons and I wish the best for Bill yeah. and his matrimonial corrections officer.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Long live the Clintons and uh, let's keep that junk cleared of infection from now on. Okay, Mr. Press? Now, before I go further in than just the tip, please allow me to get the show officially running as I always do every week or every two weeks. Welcome to Saturday, my friends, the very next day of your life. This is the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent. Live and on your favorite podcasting network, my name is Jamal, I'm an information junkie from Harlem, and I'm passing the fruits of my illness right on to you, so that you too can get more than your share out of life. As for me, I'm your listener guide, mostly along for the ride, coming straight through the Hartford Studios of WKND, and I'm doing that live, up until the day when there are no ignorant people left to follow Donald Trump. That means I have a very long career in radio, because there is no shortage of ignorance in America. You have my apologies for that. On this day, the revolution will be televised on the Jamal Show Facebook Live page, so go check that out. You can find me at facebook.com, Jamal, uh, backslash Jamal Show Radio. Gotta say hello to the bishop. And I can vouch for the bishop. If the bishop was subpoenaed to a hearing in Congress, the he, bishop would definitely show up. Would you, bishop?
0: He he yeah, show he show up Because right, they can right. find
1: him in church They know he can always find him They can find him at the head of the now, church No, he could claim uh, uh, the privilege uh, Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> That's right. <He> could. <laughs> Executive privilege, right no, no, From God just, Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> the right. He, right They, no, they, they couldn't take him Right You can take my word on that But you know who wouldn't show up to Congress for a hearing? You know who would just go out like Steve Bannon But with less hair? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to say hello to Dr. Alfonso. Matt, hey, I, hey, the doctor's in
2: the house. Go ahead, I'm swinging. I'm
1: fine. You, you're you? Hey. now we're live here on the radio right now on WKND ninety-seven point five. But you can hear us best by using a live radio app on your phone or laptop, like Simple Radio or TuneIn. We trust you to make decisions with your own body or electronic equipment. Just don't abort us. It's been about two weeks since you last heard our voice. You last heard us talk to you about consistency? Today, the whole idea is necessity, and how will we pull this off? Well, I always do it by scheming and planning on how to get you all more intelligent. And it isn't easy with people ignoring congressional subpoenas from the January 6th committee. You know, the fact is that America has a real need for information surrounding what happened on January 6th. For many reasons, we need this information, including preventing it ever happening again. It's a necessity that we have this information, and quite frankly, as Americans, these witnesses should want to come in to testify and clear this up. Let me say it again. Somebody say, "Man, they should want to come in for if what?" For the to good testify? of the country. For for the good of the country. It's never yeah. been about the good
2: yeah, of the country. I mean, come on.
1: Well, I guess if you rob the bank, you can't say it's for the good of the bank customers, right? Right,
2: right, right, right.
1: What do they have to hide? Is my question. By the way, don't laugh, but I am a Connecticut attorney with a new office phone number for the public. The number is 860-200-8874, 860-200-8874, and we have a new law practice in personal injury. So if you have been injured, we'd love to be at your service. Again, that's 860-200-8874. 24 hours a day, we are on the phone, so call me and let's talk. Also, I'm going to add a new thing here. I should say the rumors are true that I may be soon taking an office at the fantastic Goddard Law Firm. That firm is at 363 Main Street in Hartford and is headed by Jason Goddard, who is one fine attorney, not just because he's my new employer. Take it from me. I look forward to making an announcement soon when the time is appropriate. However, if you came late to the party, I'd remind you that this broadcast will soon be up on every podcast network that ever existed. Now, that statement makes me a liar, but a very handsome one. However, we can make it all true with your help, so please share the gift of the Jamal Show with a loved one. And by the way, we could use some more reviews on the Jamal Show Facebook page. Lastly, please know that my views do not represent the views of this station. They don't. So if you really hate what I have to say, don't blame the station, my friends. I'm no coward, so I'm asking you all to please save all your hatred up and tell it to the bishop. Yep, tell the bishop. Tell it to the bishop. He's a man of God. He can handle anything. He's waiting on on you. On the other hand, if you love what you hear, those calls are for me. You can call us at 860-218-2173. 860-218-2173. Someone did two weeks ago and he enjoyed himself. Time for a break. And today I have for you another Mix Cortez song from his new album, Monsoon Wins. You can find that album on bandcamp.com. Mix Cortez calls himself the best rapper in Africa. And I think he's telling the truth. I'll see, I think you'll see why when you hear this song called Steppin' Up. Anyway, I know you'll like it. So why don't you groove to this and meet me on the other side of God. You really
3: can't tell if I'm doing this from the outside view. Way back before I found my booth, was this a SoundCloud dude. LL got a chance to spit in that open mic. That's when they told me nobody sounds like you. Met my brother Lufu as an artist. That's the time I grew. Chedi Wakazi, one feta gen, did my first mix. Day 41 records down with Dunga, bad news. That was what really outlined who I was as an MC. Hip-hop around my view. For my girl that was big, even my exes growing cloud nine too. Every gig holding it down with them loud vibe tunes. No one can actually stand up and move the crowd like you. Keep it up, Max, the mic like you Do what you're doing and just find what's new Repping the culture, that's what I must do Living the art, much love to everybody Keeping it real hip-hop, lifting up Cause you. I'm stepping up, stepping up, stepping up
1: My friends, bring me in. That song was called "Stepping Up by Max Cortez, the best rapper in Africa. You can find his music wherever you get music if you like it. You can get his new album, Monsoon Winds from Bandcamp.com, right now, if you like it. Just remember you heard him first on the Jamal show, The Place to Get Intelligent. Moving on, it is most definitely a pleasure to have you back with us on the Jamal Show. The Place to Get Intelligent on WKND and on podcast. I am Jamal, of course. All reports of my demise are just an exaggeration. I never let schooling interfere with my education. I get my facts straight first, and then I distort them as I please. The coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. I never ever answer anonymous letters. But of course, ice cream, you scream. We all scream for ice cream. Thanks for being with us. look around. You're special. Let's move on. As Dr. Mack recently mentioned, Joe Biden was in town yesterday. He was here in Hartford. As much as I watch politics and I keep in touch with my homeboy, President Biden, I did not know he was coming. I did not know he would be here yesterday. Well, let me tell you, I'm sitting in my, you know, I'm sitting,
2: and I'm in, and first thing that goes, behind. don't wear
1: too much because the girls are going to come looking for
2: you. But right, you sit right, somewhere in an undisclosed location. Right, right. And next thing you know. Three jets go by. Three fighter jets. So you see three is, fighter jets? Really? Yeah, I'm telling you. And then the next thing was a TV helicopter. And then along comes two... And that could have been me because I, I usually have fighter I jets when I, when I travel. And then but yeah. the next thing that comes is, are, 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 are two presidential choppers. You knew they were presidential when you saw them. Right? I, psh, I they look like regular choppers. Not, they were presidential choppers. I hear that. I, I, hear I, that. I, I was
1: duly impressed. So if I had known that Joe Biden was coming... I would have been here in Hartford, hang with you, hang with Joe, instead of Bridgeport. And you would have figured that he would have promoted his appearance a little more, Dr. Matt. Since the bigger of his two infrastructure bills that he's pushing through Congress right now, they're stalled. They're, it's stalled. But let me tell you the real story behind the scenes. Apparently, we spoke about this earlier. President Biden was just here in Connecticut to see his homeboy, Chris Dodd. Uh, Chris Dodd was a, is a former senator of Connecticut. UConn just happened to have named their new center for human rights after Chris Dodd and his dad, Thomas Dodd. Both of whom Biden is old enough to have known personally, and I don't actually know that, I'm guessing, because Joe Biden is old as I don't know what, but don't quote me on that. President Biden spoke yesterday at the dedication of the building to Chris Dodd, who was a really good senator, by the way. At least I think so. Seems like he has a lot of time on his hands these days, this president. But hey, at least the Russians have stopped taking our computers hostage with ransomware. Right? You got to love small victories. Biden did say he would make that stop, didn't he? Mm. Now, everybody has forgotten how frequently American cities and companies were getting attacked by ransomware. You remember that? This is happening earlier this year. It was happening like every week for millions of dollars. But uh, that stopped. And he's not even bragging about it. So he did something. He told Putin something. But I'm digressing a
2: well, lot here. All they had to do was make a boot disk and have a backup, and then you could just, you know, reformat your hard drive, reboot it up, put
1: the back drive, put the backup on it. You, you could go. Well, obviously he had you on the team, but let me just say something. People forget that we Americans created the internet. So all Biden had to do was like, yo, we can cut you off. No, We've but- got the biggest internet companies in the, in the world yeah, here. Yeah. If we shut down the cloud to the world countries could be cut off. You know what I'm saying? So I think he went to tell Putin, we can do what you're doing better than you can. You know what I'm saying? So don't make us get nasty. And Putin was like, yeah, okay. He went to, um, he was in um, Europe this past week, and he actually told her, he's like, we have a good relationship. He says, we're building towards a progressive, you know, kind of a uh, deal here, uh, Russia and America. Those are the most po- positive words he said in a long time so I'm I'm digressing let me get to my point we have a Jamal Show Award to give out today but it's not a normal award it's not an award for a person it's an award to a group of people and that group of people being the American working class the class of people most of America belongs to including me the class of people that America needs to remain economically viable we are the people who really pay the gross amount of taxes in America not the poor Not the rich, but the middle class. For the past few decades, the middle class have been getting screwed. It's basically been an employer's market. Most working class people haven't seen a raise in decades, a raise in pay. Even though there's been a steady increase in productivity from workers, workers have seen very little benefit from the raise in productivity that they've shown. But these days, workers are taking their power back a little bit. The pandemic has given them time to reassess their situation. Did you know that this is the first time in a long time, Dr. Mack, that there are more jobs available than workers? Yeah, yeah. Right now, that is the case. There are about a million more American jobs available than there are workers right now. And there are different takes on this. But personally, I think it's okay for people to take their time to get back to work.
2: Well, I hope they're being retrained. I hope they're taking this time to learn another skill. Okay, that's the point I'm talking that, That's where I would like, I mean, if they're just sitting around, you know. But,
1: but I, I have a sense that you won't all the way agree with me on this. So let me just get through my rant first, and then we'll, and we'll you, see what you're Go do. ahead, go ahead. So some authoritarian people think that it's a bad thing that working class people can choose not to work right now. Or that it's a bad thing that working class people are taking their time getting back to work these people are like they're like why aren't people getting back to work at their crappy jobs? We don't understand why people are not rushing back into unhappiness. I was watching a psychologist the other day. He was saying that after watching 700,000 people die of COVID inside of just 2 years, people are starting to reevaluate the role of work in their lives.
2: E- evaluate reevaluate. Reevaluate,
1: evaluate. right? They they I mean, isn't that what people should be doing? For instance, if you're a waitress making $10 an hour at a crappy restaurant, which there are a lot of, especially here in Hartford, let's say you were laid off due to COVID-19. And then yes, yes, your government gave you money to help you survive. How terrible. How do people vote for leaders who help them, right? Why would you need money when you're laid off during a pandemic, right? Let's say you that you as a waitress, you save some of that government financial support you get. So when your job at crappy restaurant incorporated opens back up, maybe you want to take some time to think before you go back to that crappy job. Where's the problem with that? Maybe you want more money to go back. Isn't that what capitalism is all about? After all, if you work in a public environment, your job is actually more dangerous for COVID around shouldn't people get paid for the extra risk they take maybe that means that people should be paying a little more for their meals so be it I have no idea I have no idea where we get all these people who sincerely believe that working class Americans exist just to fill whatever crappy jobs they get offered they're like well there are three jobs open at McDonald's and ten people are unemployed in this town so something's wrong here people yeah. that point of view is too authoritarian for me if you think a job is great you take it you take it <laughs> most working class people are trying to find a way to make their to, to make their lives better they're trying to make something better of their lives with just a few pennies man the few pennies they have left, left over after the rent and paying their car payment what they want is opportunity if an employer can't find workers right now they're not portraying themselves as, as a place where opportunity lives. That's it. That's the answer. It's not that government is being too nice. Government is supposed to be nice. If your government isn't nice to you, go fix it. If you're in a democracy, you can fix it. I'll tell you that government is not supposed I'll tell you what government is not supposed to do. Government is not supposed to reduce your unemployment check to force families into starvation. Government is not supposed to cut your unemployment prematurely to make working-class families become desperate so that employers can take advantage of their situation. I don't really see how governors who did that can keep their seats. Nobody that I elected would ever keep their seat after reducing my check. If that had happened to me, I wouldn't forget it. Let the politicians try that with Social Security and see where it gets them if they reduce social security their seat would be gone and they know it that's the third rail of politics you hear me Dr. Matt? I hear you it also sounds so ridiculous when I hear employers complain that they can't find workers because the government is helping people too much oh really? are you waiting for the practice to end the practice of government helping people who elected it are you waiting for that practice to end sir? Well, My t- go the, the, the government has helped the rich. I mean, exactly. th- um,
2: during the Trump years, you know, they, they, they gave him all that money vis-a-vis tax, oh, I've a tax, tax like that. I've got a better I've got a better I
1: always tell people this. Um, there was a guy named Alan Greenspan at the Federal Reserve. Um, he's actually married to uh, one of the uh, news people. Yeah. That's on. So Alan Greenspan was at the Federal Reserve. He, he had his famous quote. He says, whatever you tax... You'll get less of whatever you don't tax. You'll get more of. Now I promise you, Doctor Mac. When I was a kid, I, I used to read Forbes all the time. Uh, I, dreamt, I dreamt about being wrist for some reason, and there were no billionaires when I was a kid. Maybe the Sultan of Brunei because he technically owned the country, right? Um, and maybe the Saudi Arabians, the uh, the yeah. Saudi Arabian family. Make your point. Technically, but now the billionaires are everywhere. They they skip being millionaires now. It's like, hey, I have a thousand dollars now. I'm a billionaire. That happened overnight. Now that there are billionaires in Nigeria, all over Africa, there's more billionaires than millionaires now. You know why? Because the tax laws benefit the rich. Whatever you get whatever you tax you get less off, whatever you uh tax less you get more
2: Well look, they've got the money, they've taken the money vis a vis however it means. What they need to do is to maintain its value. They have to maintain the value of the money that they have. And what wait a minute. And what eats up the value of money? Inflation. So they cannot allow inflation to occur.
1: My point is is that the reason why in 49 years of my life there'd be, you know, a 1,000 billionaires in the world now and only one or two when I was growing up. You know, Bill, Clinton, um, Bill Gates used to top the, the Forbes list with $53 billion. That's all he had, you know, at one point for, that, for like 13 years straight. Now everybody's finding the space. Now people are self-made billionaires. It used to be that's because the tax system benefits the rich. It creates more rich people and more poor people, but it doesn't create middle-class people, and that's what we need. That's what's necessary. That's what government is for, to provide support during pandemics. If a business needs government services to break down in order for that business to thrive, then that's bad business. Now, it is true that if a society removed all safety nets, that all jobs will be filled. That's true. Hey, no welfare. No, no, no handouts at all. No help from your fellow
2: man. Uh, no, that's yes or no. I mean, yeah. the, the children still have to be raised.
1: Right, right. But if there is no safety nets, all jobs will be filled. I guess if you want all jobs to be filled, you, you drop all safety nets, right? Uh, but it seems like a lot to go through just to get away with paying a, a worker seven bucks an hour. And by the way, because the American worker has hesitated to go back to work after the pandemic, salaries have gone up. Salaries have been going up. Employers are beginning to respect the role of workers in business again. We have seen a rise in American salaries recently. And so I said all of that to say this, my friends, and I've said it before. I'll say it again. I support unions. I believe in unions. America needs strong unions. They are a necessity. I believe everybody here at WKND agrees. And right now, there are unions that need our support. Now, you might not know this, but the strike just started Friday morning for union workers over at John Deere. Yeah. Also, the union workers over at Kellogg, you might have heard of them. Well, they're making 150 grand each. Yeah, I believe the the Hollywood, not the Simpsons union, but the, there's a Hollywood support union that is involved with the strike as well. They're
2: they're being abused.
1: That's right. They uh, they just started strike on Friday morning. They're they need your abused. support. I've heard that this is the biggest strike. Since the UAW, the United Auto Workers, went on strike two years ago, I've heard that the workers have rejected the new contract offer by management this past Sunday morning. Basically, what you have is
2: that these companies are making so much profit and distributing it to themselves exactly. and and the stockholders. The workers and the ti- workers aren't getting their share. They're
1: tired of seeing all of the benefits of their increased productivity go to just shareholders. They're
2: working them to death.
1: They're making them stand, especially now with, this, uh, with the shortage of workers. Now's the time to do it. Unions are responsible for much of the great things that we take for granted in our work lives. Things like the five-day work week and child labor regulation. Your kid at five years old be working in your mind if it wasn't for, uh, for unions. And I exaggerate, but I'm telling the truth. Unions help bring about the unemployment system that most Americans have benefited from at one point in their life while changing jobs. Unions have been a pathway to the middle class for America. Not always friendly to black people, though. I need to make that point. Unions have not always been friendly to black people, but at least now they're coming along. Not if they have to.
2: Yeah, but everyone has to be careful, in my opinion, because one thing America does do is innovate. And if you strike them too hard, they'll figure out how to get around you.
1: Well, you know, human capital, I believe, is the most important capital that you could use. Point taken. Point taken. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you a better example. Uh,
2: we're about to see uh, trucks on the road with no drivers. Now the, you're being prepared for that right now, in the sense that oh we can't but you need
1: get more regulations. See, so it trades itself off. What you have is people changing jobs, right?
2: There's going to be no. It's, they can. Op, there's going to be, be, be able, truck drivers. They're going to be able to operate these these long haul trucks. With no drivers,
1: yeah, but the regulations are such that they'll always need to be eyes on them, just like with drones.
2: Uh, no just problem, like drones. but it's not going to be a one-to-one relationship.
1: So people will have to upgrade their their skills, and right. we have people famously that don't like upgrading their skills in America. <clears throat> you know, hey, if their grandfather was a coal miner and their father was a coal miner, you better damn well expect that they expect the government to make sure that they get to be a coal miner even if it kills them
2: even even (laughs) as it kills them
1: we have people that demand jobs because their grandfather had them so that's what America is about but let me go ahead and get off the fanfare right quick because you know this Jamal Show Award goes to the American worker it is so true the American worker deserves this because here's the fact my friends Even if you are not union members, and even if you never will be a union member, you benefit from the gains that union members make, and will make in the future, against the bad management deals of tomorrow. Dr. Mack fell into the garbage can, please excuse me. Now I have a clip for you that explains all this pretty much better than I did, so uh, please listen to it.
4: This is the largest private sector strike we have seen since the General Motors strike two years ago. And John Deere workers are not the only ones on strike. Kellogg workers are on strike right now. Hollywood production crews threatening to strike on Monday. And healthcare workers from Kaiser Permanente also threatening to go on strike. So this is what we're seeing right now. The power of the American worker. They feel like with labor shortages and companies like John Deere posting these records. Record profits, They have a true seat at the bargaining table and it's important to note that that is putting companies on the run because without a workforce, Brianna, they can't make money. They'll actually be losing money. So the American worker right now, these John Deere workers really feeling like they have nothing to lose as they are on strike this morning, 10,000 of them across the country.
1: When you pass these people on the road, you honk your horn, you honk your horn, you give these people support. They are fighting the battles that you won't have to fight because they're fighting them if you are a worker in America. And that's most of us. Most of us have to get to work to get along. Very few of us can just rely on inheritance and not have to go into that uh, market. So there you go, folks. Unions, they make an economy good. Time for our last break of the show. I could use some water and I have another independent music track for you. This is new music, partly in Spanish, partly in English. But it's banging, so I'm playing it. It's called Peaky Peaky Lo-K-I. It's featuring my homeboys, Don Bochinchy and uh Chai Bless, uh, among others. Make room around yourself to dance a little bit, and you'll. Uh, I'll see you back here in a few minutes. Go, uh, go take some time and uh, go to the bathroom like I'm about to do. Have a good one. <laughs>
4: Hello, Jamal Show listeners. I'm attorney Dan Horgan, the president-elect of the Connecticut Bar Association. Do you have legal questions? Are you facing a legal dilemma? Well, I have the answer for you. The Bar Association is offering free legal clinics in October. That's right, totally free to answer your questions in the areas of landlord-tenant or immigration law or bankruptcy all you have to do is sign up and participate with an experienced lawyer call 877-410-7221 that's 877-410-7221 and see if you qualify to participate in the bar association's free legal clinics on october
1: 26th 27th or 28th sign up now back to you jamal Yes, that's correct Back to me And hello again my friends That song you heard Was Peaky Peaky Low <clears throat> I have no idea What that means That is the first Mixed language song We have ever played On the Jamal show You don't know What that means? I do not I do not, and Deborah's not here, so she can't tell me. Uh, Uh She speaks Spanish. Oh, okay,
2: okay. Maybe I'll look it up. I don't know. Oh, it's Spanish. Okay, okay.
1: That is the first mixed language song we have ever played um, on the Jamal Show. You sound like you know what it means too. (laughs) I like the song. If you like it too, you can find it anywhere you buy your music, and the video is on YouTube as usual. After the music, we were very grateful to have some words from our good friend, Attorney Dan Horgan. He is the president-elect of the Connecticut Bar Association. I, too, surprisingly, am a member of the Connecticut Bar Association. But in that ad, Dan is personally inviting you to our free legal clinic. This year will be taking place over video chat, so you can get free legal advice from your couch now. These clinics will be taking place all day from October 26th to October 28th. But please remember, my friends, you must sign up first. Please call 877 877- 410-7221 if you want to sign up. You must sign up by October 19th. That's this th- uh, this Tuesday. You must sign up to get this great resource, my friends. All information about this clinic is on the Jamal Show Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash Jamal Show Radio. Go check it out. I can help you. Now, once again, Dr. Mack, we are running out of time. But I want to make a quick mention about the COVID vaccines, the boosters, or what have you. I just want to let you know that we have a winner. We have oh, a winner! Oh, if you remember that we had three vaccines to choose from. Yes, we were all trying to decide which one to take. We had yes, Pfizer. We had Moderna. Those were two shot vaccines. Then we had the and J vaccine. That right, was the one shot. Right. I went and asked for the one shot, but they ran out. So I got the Pfizer. You got the Pfizer.
2: No, I got Moderna.
1: And and you got Moderna. So, most people had a choice of which shot to take. We were all trying to figure out which which one was the best shot. And now we know who the winner is. Moderna. Moderna is the winner. (laughs) We now know that the winner is Moderna. Moderna was the best shot to take. It is the most potent. It is the most resistant to the different variations of the coronavirus. So, congrats to Moderna for being the best COVID vaccine for the American dollar. Best shot for your dollar. Oh, and on a quick non secular I also need to say that it's to come as no surprise that we have another bigot football coach being exposed. And you know I'm talking about the recently resigned coach of the Raiders, John Gruden. He resigned because of years of bigoted emails (laughs) that were exposed recently. I have not read the emails, but they were allegedly filled with bigoted, racist, and misogynistic remarks about his very own co-workers. I mean... Apparently they caught him saying the same kind of things about his co-workers that I say about you (laughs) two. Well, I'm not in front of you and stuff like that. I don't know how he let his email get out like that. But, uh, now you know, John Gruden must have gotten a bunch of money to resign that job that quickly because I know if it was me,
2: I'd have have
1: been like, yo, but you didn't talk about the guys I sent it to. I sent that email directly to Mac and Mac laughed and he said, yeah, the bishop is the (laughs) clown." You know what (laughs) I'm saying? Like, I would be coming back, but he left. Oh, I was on. You, you right, mean, right. You won't be here for me no more. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right.
2: But the, so um, that
1: means he got a pocket full of money, right?
2: Oh, the amount of money we're talking about like is That make you walk away. A hundred
1: million. <laughs> 100, 100. He, he had he a, a hundred million dollar contract yeah. for $10 million a year. Oh, that's a lot of money. I mean, you know, I mean. And to walk away from $100 million, they probably have to put money in your pocket, right, Dr. Matt? Yeah. You know, well, a, I'd be like, yo, but I said to the supervisor And he agreed with me I'd be coming all out over the media How
2: much money do you need to live in this world?
1: And all he said was, oh no, no You know what, I made a mistake I resigned my $100 million contract Have a nice day, y'all, I'm not mad And it kind of shows
2: you the <laughs> attitude towards money
1: So before that, before he said that The owner called him and was like Man, we're going to give you your money Just get out of here and he was like, fine, man. I get to sit at home, you know? Right. Okay, so I won't be the coach anymore. I'm, you know, I'm 70, whatever, you
2: know? Well, it makes him shut up. I want, That's you, what it does. You give him his money, he'll shut up. You don't but see, give some him people his really money, love, then people, he's going to, you know, fight. Some
1: people really love their jobs, though. Like, you really love your job. You wouldn't leave your job for a $1 million, right? Nah. You wouldn't leave your job for $10 million. Like, you just want to, This you know. is what I do. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe he's saying that. I don't know. He's getting a lot more money than that, though. So he got a lot of money for that, but, but my mom.
2: But but tease me with hundred million dollars, please tease me with that. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. That's probably what right, I'm. Right, let me let me. Hey, we're gonna that, give look. you hundred million dollars, you gotta be you gotta leave right now. I wanna man. suffer that dilemma. <laughs> you gotta leave right now. You gotta be out of the office in ten minutes.
2: Oh man! <laughs> if for WKD said that to you, Bishop, we'll give you a million Bishop job, I'll wait right to check. check. And,
1: you can never, <laughs> and you can never come back. We never want to see your face again. But here's a million dollars. I have, a, I have a, um, My brother-in-law actually got. A, I have a brother-in-law That had a deal like that From his job And they were like Yo listen No Even better I had a client Who got offered $15,000 to leave her house I was like Yo So you got You holding the phone right <laughs> You know what I'm saying Like You say no more My my landlord Can get me out of my house Tomorrow $15,000 yeah, yeah And I'm a lawyer <laughs> You know yeah. what I'm saying I'm not even gonna fight it Now Here's the point I'm trying to make In my mind American sports has a sorted history, right? So we can assume that this is the first time an American football coach has been like, you know, these N-words. Let me tell you about these monkeys. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can assume this is the first time that happened, right? But in my mind, we should all assume we should all assume that this was normal speak with most football coaches at some point, given the history of American sports. We've got to assume that this kind of talk was normal at one point. And as language began to change, as demographics began to change in the sports, somebody just never got the memo. Hey, we're not saying Negro anymore. You know what I'm saying? You might want to stop using the term colored people. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. So some people just catch on slow. Or he does not care. I mean,
2: he's got his money in life.
1: He's got his money. So, you know. No, but even if... Okay, so 50 years ago, probably everyone was like, that colored man, blah, 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 that Negro. And he was there for that. And then... Everyone just started gradually dropping that language. And he was like, yeah. And what you say about the Negro? You know what I'm saying? Like, he just never caught on. He never got the memo. He was a good old boy. Yeah. And nobody around him was like, boss, boss. Maybe you should say that. Boss. No one could... had the strength. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, when you're paying everybody around you, a la Donald Trump, right. no one tells you, hey, boss, boss, you sound like an idiot. You're, right. you're not wearing any clothes, boss.
2: He's pulling 100 mil. He's doing something right.
1: And then what happened was they had this other investigation into this team. You know, it was about something else. And they're like, oh, oh. We've been so they wanted field. him
2: to go away. I think, and that's what the, and, and, and be quiet about it. That's why he got his money.
1: Yeah, I think really uh, um, they were looking for a way to get let him go. Maybe. And they were like, "Well, we don't want to give him a whole hundred million. You know what I'm saying? We can we can cut him short if we let these emails out and not let who he's talking to out. Well, the question is, where's he go now? Some of those people, I mean, well, where do you have to go at ten million dollars? Wherever you want, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, look, the people he was talking, he had to be talking to the coach sometimes. I mean, to the to the owner sometimes. He had to be talking to the other coaches. But they're all going to say, oh, we didn't see anything for all these years. They just wanted to get rid of him. And they don't want to spill over anybody else, right? But isn't it amazing how grown men don't know? It seems like grown men don't even know how to use the golden rule when they're talking about others. You know what I'm saying? It's not cool to degrade other people because they're different than you. Even if you don't understand their way of life, you know, even if you are not gay yourself or if you're not one of them yourself, you're not walking in their shoes, it's not cool to degrade other people because they are different than you. And a guy making $100 million a year should have known that already. He should have been
2: magnanimous enough.
1: These guys work for you. These are the people that work for you. They help you make money. You tell them to go perform on a field and they're like, yeah, boss, let's do that. We're going to win together and make this money. you know." And you're like... <laughs> Stupid Negro, all right. <laughs> you know. So bad on him, bad on him. Anyway, let me get out of here. Shout out to everybody in and out of the studio who helps produce this show. The Bishop, Doctor Mac, Joe Duncan, DJ Alex Sanchez, and most importantly, all of you listeners. Without you, we seriously would have nobody to talk to, and that would be pretty sad to see. See you in two weeks, my people. But listen, I need a fair fight out there. Knock each other out. But try not to kick each other in the balls. See you in two weeks.
0: This is the Jamal Show. Down in. Jamal C. Jamal. Jamal. Jamal C. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. Jamal, you run Jamal. Jamal, you right, Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. 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 This is the Jamal Show.